en een hartelijke goeie morgen. Welkom by ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, die woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na die woord. En Psalm 119, sê, die woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraag laat, om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte, waarmee ek en jy moendlik kan worstel nie. Krijg dus gau jou Bijbel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. Real Radio, for real people, serving a real God. Tune in to Radio Pulpit 657 AM. Download our app and listen on radiopulpit.co.za. .co.za Simple as that, that's our website That's where you tune to, 42 Jacoba Street uh, Studio 5 And we call Radio Pulpit Sharing the undiluted word of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ It's a Tuesday morning at Scriptural Skriftierlik Wat a groot voorig Om weer in jou geselskap te kan wees In oudere gewoonte uh, Ja, seker die dinge verander nie Wat a voorig voor albei van ons Pastor Rocky Stevenson Goeiemorgen, hoe gaan dit met jou? Dit gaan natuurlijk lekker met my dankie. Sien, syver Afrikaans, geen probleem nie. En een geliefde broer in die heren, Pastor Rocky in die, the privilege. Benoni Bible Church says, Pastor, greeting you and the man, the tip of the spear, so to speak. We here to answer your questions for the next hour, if God willing. We will be answering questions, uh, things that you're struggling with. Dis die program waar jou vraag kan instuur en sê, Wel, ek sikkel met hierdie gedeelte van die skrif, of iemand het dit gesê, of iemand het dat gesê, en uh, die enigste manier hoe jy kan deelneem aan die program, is dier vir ons WhatsApp te stuur. Nou krijg jou pen en papier, en dan stuur jy dit vir ons in, en uh, ek geef vir jou daai nommer, onthou, dis die nommer wat ons gebruik hier in die atelier, en... Uh, jy moet het uittik, dat jy op jy bel nie, jy moet dit uitspel, uittik, asjeblief nie terwyl jy bestuur nie, maar dit sal groot voorrecht wees dan om jou vraag hier in die atelier te kan hee. Die nommer 082-657-2729 en dis waarin jou vraag stuur, en dit sal een groot, groot voorrecht wees. So, let's start. Rocky, it's 8 minutes after 11 o'clock. We're only here till 12 o'clock. And the first question on the table, we've discussed it this morning. Would you kindly do the honors for us, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I think the one we were discussing this morning was there is a well-known pastor who has compromised in something he said recently. I have looked up to him much and benefited much from his ministry what should i do and this is going to remain anonymous and um we're going to strive to not name names that because we know some of the context of of this and i i do think from the outset what is helpful for us to realize is that all of us have got feet of clay and that includes vainant and myself yes. uh, this morning we we are mere servants and slaves of the lord jesus and there are times, I mean, in, when, when there's much talk, it's easy for there to be sin. Yeah. It's easy for there to be some form of compromise. Now, it's, it is, of course, shocking and sad, especially when somebody that is a giant within, let's say, evangelicalism would compromise on something that he has said. And especially if he does not 
recant from that. I do think we need to be humble enough, even um, those that are in active forms of ministry, where we can repent and say, well, look, what I said actually wasn't right, and and let me step back from that. However, this individual, I believe, if this is speaking of the same individual, has not yet done that. And so here's a couple of tips. Uh, firstly, I would say pray for discernment. That would be the first big thing, and also for your own self. I think there's a lesson for us to learn when we see something like this. You know, if if you have made that person to be like a hero to you or to be a celebrity to you, then there's something to search out in your own heart. Rocky, can I come in here? Because this question starts with, there is a very well-known pastor that I'm looking up to. Uh, in in that sense, I mean, that's keeping your eyes not focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, but you're looking at an individual, as you quite rightly said. We we find many a time that people say, I can't live without radio pulpit. I can't live with what... And, and that is... Uh, and, and not without stepping on your toes here, but, uh, you know, we should look at the Lord Jesus Christ. We should focus on God's Word, isn't it? There yeah. shouldn't be anything else standing between us and God, isn't it? Yes, indeed. And I think that that is where the caution comes in line, is that, you know, just to check our own heart and our own motive regarding some of the men that we look up to. These men are just, they are fallible. You know, God's word is infallible. Yeah. He is the one that we must look to, and by His Holy Spirit, we must come to understand God's word. And 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 I think that that is something that I would I would investigate in my own heart in regard to somebody that you look up to quite a lot and that you've been listening to a while. And there are some giants that we listen to that are that are great to go and listen. To, but each one of them are just as human as what you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity in that sense. Now James one five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And so if you're battling with this, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will give it be given him. So ask for wisdom from the Lord regarding that and regarding the situation you find yourself in, especially when this is somebody that is something of a hero or a mentor or somebody that you listen to quite a lot. And I do think here's another area that I would say is critical in our day. It is critical that we are part of local churches where there are local pastors that we can be a part of and be discipled under. If we are discipled by men that are overseas from far away, Though we might hear some of this, they don't even know that you're listening to them here in South Africa and actually that you're such a um, a follower of yeah. that individual. Yeah. And we need to be careful about following anybody other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul made that point as well in First Corinthians where some were saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And he says, we are of Christ. And something else that the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, he said that you know, some even preach the gospel for shameful game, yet I rejoice because Christ is being proclaimed. And I think that's something as well to just balance in our minds. Though this individual may have compromised in some way, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that that individual has said is wrong, but we must go back to the Scriptures. Fish and bones. Take and, the, yeah, and, I, and I, I don't particularly like that phrase because I think we should give the steak. I yeah. don't think we should give the, the fish and bones in that sense. I do yeah. think that the Lord is deserving of our, of our excellence. And I know that you and I apply that even at Radio Pulpit. We strive to be excellent with what we give. We yes. want to be biblical in what we give. And this man ought to be held accountable in that regard. But for us as the individual that may be listening from far away, that does not actually know him by name, does not have his email address, does not have his cell phone number, what you can do, however, is pray. And you can pray to the Lord 
Lord who knows him and who is with him and is there. And then we must examine the scriptures. And I think that that is something that we've sought to do here at Skriftilik with um, Acts 17 verse 11, where you've got the Bereans and they are searching the scriptures. We would encourage our listeners here as well, go and search out what Vainant and I say from the Bible, because we are not the infallible Bible. God's word is. And you must go back to the scriptures and go and see what the Bible says regarding what we say and what others say. That is the responsible thing to do, and that is commendable regarding the Bereans. But then also the addressing the concerns respectfully. Here's the area that I think that we've lost something of the balance in our modern day, because we have Facebook and we have um, various means of social media, and all of a sudden these things blow up there. And, and I think that that is something that is dangerous. I praise God for friends of mine that have seen when I've overstepped here or said something there that they get no, nervous about and they pick up the phone and they call me and they speak to me and they say, Rocky, this is something that you did and I think you need to give more thought to it, etc. We're talking accountability. Yes. Did you give them that right? Did you say, guys, I need to surround myself? Did you give them the right to speak into your life to discern what you are saying? Look, I think sometimes you don't necessarily give the right to, but there's almost like when you are friends and when you know, like, yeah. um, and, and one man comes to mind um, that has, has done this with me before, and that's a friend of mine down in Peter Maritzburg. He's the pastor of Living Hope, um, I think it's Living Hope Baptist Church, and, and his name's Andrew Zeckfeldt, a, a wonderful friend of mine. He's actually quite a tall man, yeah. so um, he's, he's over seven foot, I believe it is, yeah. and so you feel like a shorty next to him. Even if you are six foot one, you feel tiny next to him. So once um, I, I was having some heart trouble, and the, the heart, well, I didn't have heart trouble, I went to a cardiologist because they thought I might have heart trouble. I was having syncope after um, doing some exercises, and then I would pass out. And it turned out that I actually had a hernia. But this cardiologist, in all of his love towards me, and he was a professing believer, he said to me, listen, I think you need to go see a shrink. Your job is very stressful. You know, um, you're just so busy with so many people, and I think that's the problem. I don't think because your heart is good. There's no problem there with the heart. Meanwhile, I had this hernia issue, a hiatal hernia. So I thought to myself, well, he said, if I need to go and get shrunk, then I better go to Andrew Zekfeld <laughs> because he's the tallest friend I know with regard to this. But but Andrew has done that with me before um, where he has lovingly you know, called me and he said, listen, you said this thing. And um, I think you need to step back from that. And I've been so grateful for friends that yeah. are like that. And I think we need to be humble enough to be able to receive that kind of a counsel and also realizing that the kisses of an enemy are terrible things. But, Proverbs but says you know, when, when you are struck by a friend, yeah. then you must know, like, if, if Vainan's going to say something to me as Rocky that is going to be hurtful to me, well, praise God, that's my friend who's busy yeah. saying that to me. There's yeah. a good reason that he must have, I mean, he must have thought through that thing many times before he approached me with that because he loves me and he doesn't want to hurt me. And yeah. so we need to think rightly about this when we have friends of ours or family members that actually see something in us that needs to be addressed. And we need to be humble enough to realize that that we have got feet of clay, that the Lord must work on us in that regard. And then we need to address that concern respectfully. And that's where Matthew 18 verse 15 says, where, and it outlines that principle, where we ought to go to our brother personally 
and I think that this is sadly often missed as well. What we can do, in, and I think that this some, somehow is our culture sometimes as, as South Africans, we're so polite with one another. But we we'll do go not want to offend. Yes, we don't want to offend that person, but we'll go to somebody else that knows that person. Yeah. And then we want that somebody else to go and talk to fight that person. Fight the battle for us. And, to fight, and we get somebody else offended about yeah. the thing that we're offended about. And you find that somebody's angry at you for something that you never did against them. And there's the secondary offense that becomes a problem. And that's part of what gossip does and slander does. And we need to be careful as Christians that we're not gossiping and slandering people and, in and, regard and, to these things. And especially in, in, in prayer groups and in cell groups, you know, Easily. Rocky has done this. Please pray for Please brother so-and-so. pray for brother. <laughs> we need to be careful of that. Yes. You know, yeah, well, very the careful. motive of the heart once again. And then, and then I think uh, something to balance even what I'm saying off is that you must prioritize God's truth. Yeah. So we prioritize the Bible and God's truth above any individual that we might be following. It doesn't matter how long you've been a friend with somebody. or Your devotion is first and foremost to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our priority as individuals. And you must remind um, yourself regarding this. We must prioritize God's word and his truth above anybody, even respected leaders. God's word is above them. And they must bow to that. They must submit to God's word, just like we must submit to God's word. So it doesn't matter. And here's, I think, the problem. And this is difficult for us even on something like Skriftilik because we're doing question answers. What we must strive to do is answer as best as what we can according to God's word and God's truth. But when somebody starts to give their... Uh, opinion or their their way of thinking about this. Yeah. I think we need to be very careful about that. I feel, that. I think. Yes, I think, I feel, and this is the way I see it. Yeah. We've got to be careful about that because Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's God's word. But then th- we've talked about this a little bit, and this is another part of this nuance, is we must consider accountability and recognize that we all are accountable. And I've said this even at Benoni Bible Church before. I'm not answerable to Benoni Bible Church. I'm accountable to Benoni Bible Church. Yeah. And the reason I'm, I'm saying that, who am I answerable to? I'm going to give an, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Jesus one day. Yeah. He's, I'm answerable to Jesus. He's my, he is the one that I'm the slave under is the Lord Jesus. But Can I'm I... accountable to the leaders there, my fellow elder, the deacons, the church members. I'm accountable to them, and I best be willing to be accountable. Can I come in here? There's a scripture in Luke twelve forty eight that says, To whom much is given, much will be required. If you, Indeed. Uh, and, and so there's a huge responsibility with you, what you and I are doing. Uh, somebody's watching, somebody's listening, and we need to be accountable, accountable, and we need to be responsible. For sure. And, and I think that that is, it comes with some of the territory. Somebody was saying to me the other day, and a, a friend of mine, uh, we were talking a little bit about John MacArthur, and um, yeah. I do have so much respect for him. I think that he's one of, um, he's, he's been so faithful uh, yeah. to the Lord. He's been 50 years at the, or I think just over 50 years at the church where he's serving, and one of the, one of the most excellent expositors. And um, he obviously receives a lot of criticism because he's, he's, Faithful you to know, the word. Yeah. Well, well, he's also well. He's Jesus big, got killed you know? for what he did. Yes, but 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 also, um, this friend of mine said, "Oh, shame, poor John." You know, with like the criticism that he's yeah. been receiving, yeah. and I just said, "Well, it comes with the, the territory." You know, and this is something that um, Charles Spurgeon that comes to mind of what he had said before said: "If you're standing up front, you must be ready to be kicked in the rear." 
And uh, that was Spurgeon's <laughs> saying. And the reality is, is that it comes with the territory. When these guys are somewhat giants in the evangelical world, they are going to be criticized on every single thing that they say. The more people that are, that, are, that are listening to you, the more people that are talking about you, the more that... And you need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And that's, I think, the point that I want to make to our listeners as well. Just as much as we would on the radio station need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, so it is that the listener must keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the one that we follow. He is the one that, that, that we honor. Submit he is the one that we to. submit ourselves under. And his word is that which is over us. And when we have that clear, then we don't have these heroes that, you know, and when they fall, we can actually have a heart that's compassionate towards them and go, Lord, please, would you show them the, er, the, the, the error of their ways? And would you restore them? Because Jesus does not need me or you, or that individual, or this pastor, to build his church. He will build his church. It's a privilege for us to have that. And that's that's humbling for us. And that is yeah. a good place for us to be. Because then when somebody comes and says, listen, you said this thing on Scripture, look, on this date, that actually wasn't in line with the Scriptures, and we're able to go and study the Scriptures and go, praise God that this person said this, let me repent of yeah. that. And we are repenting yeah. every single day. It shouldn't be a hard thing for us to repent when we when we see what the Word of God says. And then I would say, just as a last the um, on closing that topic, is to just continue seeking God. This this world is about, we're meant to be walking with God. That's the whole point. And we're meant to be worshiping the Lord. And so be careful about making somebody a, a too high in your own eyes. And um, and be careful to, to not, in a sense, be found following man instead of following the Lord Jesus Christ. And that would be, the I think, the, just the, the critical end part for for our listeners in that regard. Thank you so much, uh, Rocky. And uh, somebody said, especially uh, the men of God that needs to be... Uh, they talk about the three Gs, the the gold, the glory, the goals. You need to be aware of that and and search your own heart. I can't help but think of Second Corinthians 13.5 that says it's easy to listen uh, to Rocky and myself, but we need to search our own hearts and say, what is the motive? What is my intent? Why do, you know, I'm standing accountable before the Lord myself. Right. The number in studio, you want to send in your question, you're welcome to do so. 082-657-2729. Those who want to meet Pastor Rocky, you can do so on Facebook. We're live streaming at the moment and also on the YouTube channel, Radio Pulpit's YouTube channel. We've been going for 17 minutes, 24 seconds seconds and there is uh, on on screen i'm looking at it live on air at the moment so you can meet uh, pastor rocky there as well let me just check something with rocky on the questions he says i'm comfortable with uh, the next one we're going for quiz bye thank you I don't understand why the lineage of Mary was not designated when Jesus was born, but the lineage of Joseph. He was not the blood father of Jesus at all. Thank you. How, how do we explain that scripturally? Is there an answer for it from God's word? Rocky. Yeah, um, so we, we have dealt with this 
somewhat before, there are slightly different genealogies in regard to Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 to 17 and then Luke chapter 3 verse 23 to 38. And it would seem that the one is from Mary and the other from Joseph. And and that has been a position that many have taken regarding this, that one being Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 to 17, that that is from Joseph's lineage side and that Luke chapter 3 verse 23 to 38 is from Mary's lineage side. And so that has been something of a view that many have held. I, I don't think that it is as much of a problem as what we Uh, sometimes feel even if Luke's one actually is from Joseph what we have all the way through the New Testament by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is Jesus the son of David and Jesus the son of Abraham and so so whether or not those genealogies can be argued to be both actually coming from Joseph or not we hold to the fact that the Holy Spirit has inspired the word of God and that all of the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, the, the Bible is correct when it speaks about the fact that Jesus is the son of David and that he is the rightful king of, the, of, of Israel. And this would have been something that the Jews would have taken very seriously. They took genealogies tremendously seriously. And you'll remember that at the end of Jesus' life, they nailed a plaque above his head. This is the king of the Jews. And the reason that they would say this is the king of the Jews is because they would have taken his lineage from not just from Joseph, but they would have taken his lineage also from Mary. They would have been, if they were to say that, that statement, and Pilate would have had to have had that information because Pilate wouldn't willy-nilly put a, a plaque above his head. In fact, the Jews got so upset about it, they went to Pilate and said, rather change the sign, mm. so make the sign to say, he said he was the king and of Pilate the Jews. And Pilate said, I have written what I have written. He says, I've written what I've written. Yeah. And, and Pilate would have been in trouble if he had said, this is the king of the Jews, if he wasn't the king of the Jews, if he didn't have some paperwork to back that up. Yeah. And so he would have known about this. And that's one of the reasons that Mary and Joseph traveled back to Bethlehem when the census was occurring, because they were of Davidic lineage. And they would have had to know who is actually the rightful king of the Jews. For example, back in um, about 400 years, 400 and something years before Jesus' birth, you have Zerubbabel. And Zechariah actually talks about Zerubbabel. And Joshua was the high priest at that time. Zerubbabel was the governor of Judea. But Zerubbabel is in the lineage of Jesus. And he was the rightful king at that time. Yeah. And so you even having Zechariah chapter 4, which is what I, we've been studying at Benoni Bible Church on a Sunday morning, you have Zerubbabel mentioned. Uh, he was relaying the foundation of the temple, and he would put the chief cornerstone on the temple at the end, and his job was to rebuild the temple. But he was the governor there. But but we know that he was the rightful king. Yeah. And so the Jews are very, very uh, astute when it comes to the scribes' work and the writing these things down, and the taking note of these things, they knew when Jesus was crucified, this man is the rightful king of the Jews, based on his lineage. Right now, and they they would even be very careful with things like Kingsman Redeemer from the Mm. book of Ruth. They would be careful about who actually should be the king now, who's the next guy that should be mm. king. Think about England at the moment when King Charles now became king. Uh, There you know, okay, he's the next guy in line. The next guy in line is this guy. The next guy in line is this guy. And they are more, I mean, 
I, I'm a pavement special, you know. I don't know my lineage very well. We bought this uh, Welsh Pembroke Corgi, and we had more paperwork about that Welsh Pembroke Corgi than what we had even of myself. And sadly, that dog died of cat flu. Can you believe it? Um, cat flu just before um, Christmas Day when we uh, he was just a puppy still, actually. And he cost a lot. I just paid him off when we when we saw that. But the point is, they knew that Jesus was from David, from Mary, and from um, Joseph. Rocky, uh, you're talking about that. Uh, I'm just thinking, can't help but think about even the high priest during uh, Jesus' crucifixion was supposed to be in that uh, position, a man who worked himself. That's uh, uh, obviously a topic for another day's discussion, but lineage, very, very important. How did you get there? Where do you come from and who uh, who are you? And uh, yeah, what is your geslag? Kom jy? Thank you so much. It's 29 after 11. Scriptural, skriftelik is waar jy ingeskakel is. Radio Council, Christen Radio Stasi. We're not ashamed to say that Jesus is God. It's in the scriptures. And we proclaim God's truth through his word this morning. Del with us into God's word. And as jy net luister na die program, baie dankie dat jy saam bid vir ook jy ons vraag die Heilige Gees ook vir hom boon natuurlijk sal herinner aan skrifgedeeld is. Betek hier baie moeilike vraag wat ons inkry, maar jy is welkom om jou vraag in te stee. En ons uh, patekker moet ons eerst gaan huiswerk doen en vir die heren vraag, help vir ons daarmee. So, you want to send in a question, 082-657-2729, 082-657-2729, and uh, you can send your questions and we'll uh, dive into those questions. Elaline, as ek het nie mis het nie, is jy daar uit Port Elisabethse wereld? Dankie dat jy saam luister na die program, lekker om jou te sien hier op a skriftelik. So say, good morning, blessed man of God. I understand that in the Garden of Eden there was no sin. But how did the serpent know that if Eve ate of the fruit that she would sin? Who het die slang van sonde gewet? How did the serpent know about sin? Rocky, looking at the Word of God, what do we answer? Yeah, one of the places that we can go to is Ezekiel 28, verse 12 to 17. Let me read that. It says, Son of man, take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says Lord Yahweh, You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. So this is speaking about Satan in this passage in a prophetic sense. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lipis, uh, lazuli, uh, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold, and the workmanship of your of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. And then it says, by the abundance of your trade, you were intentionally filled with violence and you sinned. So inside of Satan was found this pride. He desired to take God's place. He wanted to sit where God was. He wanted to be worshipped. And this was found in him. And then it says, And I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lofty because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings. 
that they may see you. By the abundance of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. Therefore, I have brought out fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you, and I have turned you to ashes on the earth in the eyes of all who see. Now, that's speaking about Satan. Satan rebelled after the creation, and, and now there are different views on this. I don't believe that the view of a gap theory is biblical at all. The gap theory says that between Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2 onwards, that there was this gap that the earth had first been it's created. A theory. It is a theory, and it's a, it's, it's a way to try and become theistic evolutionists, where you kind of like take the Bible and you take evolution and you mush it together and you make it this thing together. And neither creationists nor evolutionists accept this. It is a theory. But they would say that the earth became formless and void because the devil first inherited the earth and then no, I don't believe that biblical at all. I believe that Satan and the demonic hordes that have followed Satan, which is a third of heaven's angels, um, they they were all angelic beings and that they were created. And God said when he had created everything, it is very good. He said it is very good because there was no sin. So somewhere after day six and somewhere between then Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve fall, Satan and a third of heaven's angels fell. Satan knew about sin because he himself sinned against God. He rebelled, and part of that sin is to go our own way. It is to declare independence from God. There's a way that seems right in a man's eyes. Its end is destruction. Satan went his own way instead of remaining in the order that God had created Satan to be in. He was actually Lucifer. Now, that name doesn't ring nice in our ears anymore, but it means angel of light. He was that chief cherub. Part of what his job would have been would have been to deliver the praises of the other angels to God. And, and he was right there at the throne above all of the other angels is the position that God put him in. But he wasn't happy in the position that God put him in. Now that translates to the same sin that we see in Adam and Eve because they weren't happy in the state that God had placed them in. There was something in them because they were tempted by the evil one. So Satan himself knew about sin in this regard and he was cast down in that way. And we see that in uh, other passages also like Isaiah 14 verse 12 to 15. We see that about Satan. But there was this knowledge of God's command because Satan was there in creation. He was already created there while the heavens and the earth were being created. He knew that God had given this command to Adam and Eve. Now, it is interesting to recognize that God gave the command to Adam to not eat of the tree. And then he created Eve. And so Adam was meant to be the one who gave the command to Eve so that Eve would know not to eat of the tree. Now, it's interesting also when you realize that she added to the word of God, because when Satan is tempting her, and by the way, Adam was right there with her. He was right there and he didn't step in. He was the first one that did not man up when he should have manned up and he should have been the protector and he should have been the provider for his wife. But he let his wife answer to Satan. And she says, you know, God says we mustn't eat of the tree. And we should not touch the tree. Do we understand it correct? He wasn't present when this when, no, Adam, when the serpent Adam spoke to Adam was present. Her. Yeah, he was right there. He was because she That's takes of the fruit, she eats of it, and gives to her husband who was with her. Wow. So Adam was right there when Satan was speaking to Eve, and instead of him stepping in, he allows Eve to respond to her, and he allows Eve to say something that God never said, because God never said you can't touch it. God had actually given the command to Adam to tend to the garden. How was he going to tend to the garden if he never, ever touched that tree? Yeah. He was meant to prune that tree, look after that tree. The first job man got was being a gardener. So Satan knew about this. And Satan comes and he desires to also 
he, he desires to take something from Adam and Eve. And that's something that Adam and Eve don't realize at this moment because God had given dominion to Adam and Eve over all of the trees of the field, all the animals. They were to be those that were, in a sense, king and queen over creation. And Satan tempts them and he lies to them. He says, you're going to be like God when this happens. They were already like God because they were created in the image of God. They didn't get something extra of God. They actually lost something of that image. It became tainted in them. Now, we're all in the image of God, and God has, in his mercy, sent the Lord Jesus to be able to redeem us from the fact that we have fallen and sinned against God. But we need a Savior. That's why we have a Savior. And one of the reasons that God has sent a Savior to this world is the very fact that he has made human beings in his image. And he has there's a dignity for the fact that there's human beings made in his image. You know, Satan is not in the image of God. Let's talk about angels. Let's talk about that conversation quickly. He said, "You will become like God, knowing the difference between good and evil." Yeah. We, in our sinful nature, know what's good. We know what's evil. Yeah. All right. So it's spoken truth there. So I think that that it's not exactly truth because the devil, when he speaks, is always speaking a lie. Yeah. It's a half truth because Adam and Eve already knew the difference between good and evil. They knew it when God gave them the command not to eat of the garden. So they knew that if we eat of this tree, that day we will surely die. They don't know what death looks like yet because death has not happened in this world at that point. But God explains this. He says to them, you're going to surely die the day that you eat of this. And and now now, now, let's dissect that because we die spiritually. We don't die. We live eternally, either in hell or in heaven. Yes. Spiritually, we so, don't die, so when but you, physically, when you say, we when, die. When we say we live eternally, whether in heaven or or hell, yeah. um, the Bible actually mentions that being in hell is eternal death. It is, it yeah, is so, eternal death. So it isn't eternal life. All there's right. an eternal death, death and there's an eternal life. Right. So there is an eternality to All these right. things. But even in that moment, yes, they did not die and, um, you know, Adam still lived like 900 and yes. something years after that, yeah. the fact of that sin. But there was a death immediately spiritually. There was a need of a redeemer. There was need now of faith. You see, before, because even faith in itself it often is, I mean, as we see with Hebrews, it is the assurance of things hoped for. It is that, you know, they didn't need faith before that moment because they walked with God in the garden. It was there was and, and that's one of the reasons yeah. that's one of the reasons why hope and faith actually end one day. First Corinthians thirteen tells us that hope and faith come to an end, but love never ends. Why? Because we God is love and we enter into his love when we are with him one day. But when wow. we see Jesus face to face, we no longer will need faith, we will no longer need hope, because the object of our faith is there, the object of our hope is there. Jesus Christ, face to face with him. I mean what a glorious day that will be. But yeah, you've got Adam and Eve back there in the garden. And Satan knows about what this is, that the sin that has happened. And this is how he also becomes the God of this world. God with a small g. You know, because he takes from Adam and Eve this authority that had been given to them in that sense. Because they voluntarily offered this up to him by obeying his voice instead of obeying the voice of the Lord. Can I ask you here, the father of the lie, Satan, when he tempts Jesus on the Mount of Trans, uh, on, 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 on the Mount, on the yes. temple corner of the temple, and he shows him the kingdoms of the world. Yeah, that, that was there, yeah, there on the mountain, 
uh, just before coming to the temple. Is that yes. another lie again when he says, all this has been given to me. If you worship me, I'll give it to you. Was that yep. another lie or was that truth? Does yes. the kingdoms of this world really and truly belong to Satan? No, Satan definitely has a massive sway over the kingdoms of this world. We see that even in, in um, Psalm chapter 2 yeah. where you see that uh, that the kings of this earth scoff and they mock God and they take counsel together. Yeah. But you also see the hope of redemption that God gives where he says you know kiss the son lest he destroy you in his wrath so each one is responsible for their own walk before the Lord and God has given the ability to have redemption and to turn to him but indeed Satan has a huge sway over the governments of this world over the kings of this world and he's seen as the small g God of this world and 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 the world was actually given to be to have the dominion of man but what has happened because of our sin and that's what Paul even points out to us we we have one of two two fathers you either have you either of your father the devil yeah. because you have followed after his ways and a son of destruction in that sense yeah. or you are a son of god Can't and the only way that you are son of god is that you must be born of born again from yeah. above we are born into a sinful world and we born with a sinful nature we then choose to sin as well later on so we become culpable regarding this there is a sense of and I think there's lots of debate that people will have on something like the age of accountability. But there is a time that comes for a child even where they now know right is right and wrong is wrong. And I'm choosing willfully to do that which is wrong. Yeah. And that's where that age of accountability phrase wow. comes in. Some people have tried to nail that down to when you turn 13, you know, yeah. or when you turn 12. Or, uh, but, and and you, you, there is kind of a, a strong argument in regard to something like the mitzvah and the fact that when Jesus was, was 12, he was now found in the temple, temple courts. Yeah. And he said, don't you know that I was going to be in my father's house? And that there's, there seems to be some kind of age in that regard. But, but I think I wouldn't be as specific with saying it is when you're 12. When, there's sometimes some five-year-olds that can walk circles mm. around us, you know, oh, in right. regard to yeah. their mental capacity yeah. that God has given them. Yeah. But um, back to the Adam and Eve question, Satan knew about this. He, he, he came to them as the serpent. Wolfly. Somehow it would seem that they weren't surprised when, when the serpent is talking to them. So you kind of wonder if, you know, what is written in the word of God isn't every single thing that happened. It's that which was inspired that happened. So, yeah, well, the Bible says if everything that happened, the, 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 yes. the earth wouldn't have enough uh, yes. trees to yeah. make pages exactly. to write I them Exactly. I mean, John, John makes that point at yeah. the end of the book of John where he says yeah. if we had to write about everything that Jesus did. Yeah. So what we have in the Bible is inspired, yeah. and it's inspired truth. And so what we have to work with is what we've been given in the Bible. But one can imagine that there may have been some other discussions before, but what, what the Holy Spirit has given us is that which we need for life and for godliness. And I guess coming back to the deception element, and that's where it becomes real for us, is we need to be careful to listen to what God's Word says. Because Satan, even there with what you mentioned with Luke 4 and the temptation of our Lord Jesus, what Satan did is he even quoted the Scriptures. Even then when he takes him to the Temple Mount and he says, throw yourself off here, yeah. the angels will pick you up. Um, and they will they will look after you. Uh, he's using the scriptures, and Jesus responds with the scriptures. But Satan, he uses the scriptures out of context, and that's important for us. And that's, I think, a humbling point for us too. If we use the scriptures out of context, 
we actually do the very same thing that Satan does. And we might even be found doing Satan's bidding. Because this is something that's scary. In the same chapter, when Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Peter later on stands in front of Jesus to try and keep Jesus from going to Jerusalem. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan, Mm. to Peter. He's been used of Satan because he's not in line with the will of the the Lord. And this is, I think, where we need to be humble as human beings underneath our great God and depend on the work of the Holy Spirit to guide us as we study God's word. Because God's, God's Holy Spirit has done not just the inspiration of God's word. We need illumination of God's word to be able to understand what it is that God has given to us in his word and then to apply what God's word has taught even into our lives. Thank you so much. Interesting question. Time is catching up with us. We've got, uh, what is it, 10 minutes uh, to go. I received a mind-blowing question that affects every man, woman, and child in this world. You don't want to miss out on that. And uh, if you want to send in your question, 082-657-2729, the, uh, uh, the governing body says we have to play some music. I'm going to push it a little bit here and play a song just before we greet because I think the next question is so so important. I'm going to read it slowly and ask Rocky to answer to that question. What does the Word of God say? This person says, and I'm going to keep this person anonymous. This person says, I was baptized uh, as a small child, as a baby, in fact, and had my confirmation in a certain denomination at uh, the age of 17 years old. I've always loved the Lord and considered myself to be Christian. But thinking about it now, I didn't know if I truly accepted the Lord with all my heart when I was 17. And if I truly understood and followed God then as the way I do now. In the last two years, I have found God and Jesus again and continue seeking a closer relationship with Him. Here's the question. Does it now mean that I'm born again? Also, does it mean that I need to be baptized again? What does the Bible say? Keeping denomination out of it here, keeping uh, names out of it here. What? Oh, man, this is the question mm. that so many people are asking. What does the Word of God answers us? We've got 10 minutes, Rocky. Yeah, this is a wonderful question. And um, I think that that mirrors a lot of, even as I was reading this question and as you were reading it to me, I couldn't help but be reminded of my own testimony in that sense you know i i grew up in a quote unquote christian home and we would go to church and we would talk about jesus and we would have bible stories read to us we had our specific seat in church we would be prayed for at night and in the day and um and the lord jesus would be spoken about and i loved church from young and so as i read this i think of the way that i did and even in my um i loved sunday school and I would, we, we had a wonderful Sunday school teacher. I was actually even thinking of her and her, her dear husband yesterday and wondering about them, Shaney Ball. And um, she, you know, she, she was the Sunday school superintendent um, of Watercliffe Baptist Church, where I was, uh, where I went to Sunday school and loved it. Uh, we, we took part in the Sansa quizzes and all of these things, yet un, unregenerate. I was not yet born again. Uh, the, the the penny did not drop. I did not have the light switched on in that sense. Even though I was reading the Bible, going to church, um, loving it, loving all of these things, I still had this idea of God the Father being some kind of a Father Christmas figure out in the clouds that kind of viewed the world from as far distant. 
I never had a relationship with God the Father because I also never realized that I myself was a sinner. I thought that I was a good boy, that I was now at church, I was doing the things that I was supposed to do, I was not saying the things I shouldn't do. And when I had a swear word, my dad would give me a, a hiding, and then I never had the swear word anymore. If I stole something, I could get a hiding, then I never stole anymore. And so, you know, I was good. That's the way that my mind was in that sense. So I was darkened to the things of God. And in God's mercy, when I was 14, I was at a, a, a camp called uh, the summer camp for the Baptist Union of South Africa has a youth camp. And um, and the Lord in his mercy saved me there. The, the preaching, the, I don't even remember exactly what the preaching was on. But I do remember that the love of God so impacted me that I was crushed. I realized that I myself, in my own sin, was guilty of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. And that he died for me while an enemy of his and that I actually was not good in and of myself, that I was a little hypocrite, that I was a little Pharisee and that the good things I thought I was doing actually was just deepening my the, the pervasive way that I thought of myself, thinking yeah. that I didn't really need grace. Yeah. And the grace of God and the mercy of God reached me at that moment and I was born again. Yes, yes, the question, did your life change very much after that? Big time. It doesn't mean that I never ever sinned, and yeah. it doesn't mean that I haven't had to repent so often of sin. And that, uh, and I do think that this is the thing that people sometimes don't get. Sanctification is, you, you, you have something that's called, you saved, but you are saved and you are still saved. And that looks like this in different wording. You, there's salvation where the redemption work of Christ is applied to you. But then there's the sanctification where you draw nearer to God by the help of the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And you are cleansed. There's a constant cleansing that is happening. And then you are glorified one day where, we, we, where every tear will be wiped away and there will be no more sin any longer in us. And that's part of what we also long for. That's Romans 8, where we groan with all of creation for the day of redemption. Right. We will have a day of redemption. We have this resurrection life with Jesus, and that's part of what being born again looks like. Being born again looks like I have died with Christ, and now I now live with Christ. As a simple answer as well, I would say, biblically, you must be baptized in obedience to Jesus. And baptism always, biblically, is preceding uh, sorry, is after saving faith. It is once you Following have come rebirth. to... Yes, it's once you are born again that you now are baptized because that is a public profession of your faith to others that Jesus is now my Lord. I was once my own Lord before, but Jesus is my Lord. And my Lord Jesus went through baptism. You see, part of the confusion sometimes comes with the whole uh, baby type thing because they say, well, in the Old Testament there was circumcision. Yeah. Well, Jesus was circumcised and he was baptized. I want to ask you a question here. Do I, the Bible says, by the fruit a tree will be known. Yes. Once I'm rebirthed, once the Lord Jesus Christ come and live inside of me, the Holy Spirit turns my life around. I know, do I wait till I myself recognize that fruit? I have seen many a person who says, well, I've been baptized. I've been, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been baptized. But there's no fruit. Their lives yes. continue down the same paths. Yes. Uh, do I wait till I recognize? Do I wait till somebody else recognize the fruit in my life? Do I get baptized immediately afterwards? What does yeah. the Word yeah. of God say? So, so to me, I think we sometimes put off baptism a little bit too long. In many of our circles, uh, what we see even through the book of Acts, you always have when the repentance has happened, that initial walk where you go, I'm a sinner, 
I need a savior. Jesus is the savior. I need to follow him. You should be baptized immediately. If you are going to ignore that command towards baptism and you you fail to be obedient to the Lord Jesus, how many other things would you then fail to obey Jesus in? That's why at Benoni Bible Church, and of course we're an independent Baptist church, and so you will understand also some of where I come from in that regard, but we have what is called closed membership. And what I mean by that is that, and what is meant by that, is we seek to have as best as what we can a regenerate church membership where we have born-again people that are part of the body of Christ. Who can freely confess Christ. that Jesus now, saved you. Now, we can only take sometimes what we see and what we hear, yeah. for example. So we can only do a certain amount. You know, God knows the heart of an individual. Yeah. But we practice what is called professing believer's baptism. And why I mention that that way is somebody needs to profess. They need to say, Jesus is my Lord. And God raised him from the dead because such an individual will be saved. That's what Romans says, yeah. Romans 10. If you say with your mouth that God raised him from the dead and, or that you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, such an individual is born again. So yeah. somebody makes a profession. But somebody could be lying as well. Now, that's yeah. where the fruit comes in because the fruit is why the, it shows you what the root is. And that's why it's important to be part of a local church because – If you now have rotten fruit, there's something called church discipline. And church discipline is always meant to be restorative. That's where a brother comes to you and says, but you're sinning in this way. This is what the Bible says, and you're doing something else. And it's not in line with your profession, because your profession was Jesus is Lord. Well, if Jesus is Lord, then you must do what Jesus says. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. So why are you not obeying him? Is it possible that you're not a Christian? You see, now now there becomes a... A, a good question for that individual. Why? Because sadly, as Matthew 7 says, there will be many that day that come before the Father and say, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. Most frightening you know, scripture. What a frightening scripture. Yeah. Why would you want that? Now, if I love you and you're part of Benoni Bible Church and there's rotten fruit, then as the pastor of that church, I need to come to that brother or as a brother in that church needs to come to that brother and say, listen, there's some rotten fruit, something stinking when it shouldn't be stinking. And the love is not judgmental. It is a, there's a restorative element where we also in gentleness want to come alongside one another and say, but actually like if there's a pruning that needs to take place and that branch needs to be cut off of the tree, that's a good thing. Let God do that because he's the vine dresser and he'll cut that branch off so that the rotten fruit are off so that you might grow better fruit on the tree. And so that's part of what we see. But as a simple answer to this question, praise the Lord that he's opened your eyes to see these things in the last two years. That's his mercy. That's his grace. I I would say just on a, it's hard to sometimes tell on a, just a simple WhatsApp um, message. It could be that you were saved earlier and that the Holy Spirit only has revealed more of these truths to you later. Um, But it also is possible that you were only born again now in the last two years. But what is clear from the reading and what I believe to to be absolutely biblical that can be backed up in so many ways is that you ought to be baptized in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pastor Rocky. Time has caught up with us. I still have to play some music. We're going to do that as the outro to this program. People want to be in touch with you, Rocky. How do they get hold of you? You're welcome to send an email on pastor at benonibiblechurch.co.za. Yeah, and I want to honor the Lord also for Rocky's faithfulness. A couple of people had written to him, and then sometimes he seizes me in these questions because uh, it is important that we stand together, pray for one another, support one another, 
another. I, I, I want to say this to you. God loves you. Uh, Isaiah 1.18 says, Let us reason together. Though your sins were like a scarlet, I will make you whiter than wool. That is true. There is sanctification. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need to write to Rocky, if you need to make sure, can you testify freely? Jesus is God. Can you stand up in public and say, My Redeemer, my Savior lives. His name is Jesus the Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. With that, we conclude. Thank you so much for all the brilliant, beautiful questions this morning. Keep us in your prayers. And if you need to write to Rocky, pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za. Till next time, Rocky, safe journey home. Thank you so much. And also, don't forget to catch him quarter past eight, Mondays to Fridays in the morning. It's called Let's Talk, and you can catch him there as well. Otherwise, write to him, and uh, wonderful to have spent some time with you. Till next time, playing out with the Tswane Worship Leaders Initiative song. It's the battle song. The battle belongs to the Lord. Till next time, keep well. God bless. Shalom. Go and check the scriptures, Matt, uh, Acts seventeen eleven, to make sure these things are so.